Okay, so tonight the, the title of this message is Let Healing Reign. Let Healing Reign. I taught this recently in my class. I, I, you know, it came up in the book, and so, you know, I take the suggestion from the book, and then I go and make a message and, and basically just teach my own thing in the class. Um, and as I was teaching this, I realized, you know, I have some mature believers in there also. But just like myself, they've come from different backgrounds. And I had this realization as I was teaching this that although we've been in, saved for some time, walking with the Lord for some time, that we come from all these different teachings. And therefore, we have these little niggling doubts, like I've been taught this, there's wrong teachings, or I have this little missing piece over here. Uh, and this can keep us from walking in all that God has given us, yeah. right? So I, I, when I was getting ready for this, I was planning to teach something else. Um, <clears throat> and I was quite, ex I was like, yeah, that's what I'm going to teach. But as I started trying to put that together, you know, you know when you're doing something like this when the Holy Spirit's on it, you know, and I'm just like, eh, I'm just not that excited about this, you know. I'm just, this is kind of, yeah, it's a good message, but eh. And so I'm praying. I'm like, okay, Lord, you're not in that one. What do you want me to talk about? And so when this one came about, when I, I was like, yeah, but, you know, we're in a church where they get taught about healing all the time. You know, we, we get taught about that a lot. And what am I going to say to them? And then he reminded me of my class. Just because they're receiving it all the time, one little missing piece can mess up the whole thing. Okay. And so tonight, what we're going to do is I'm going to go through, and I'm going to talk about some of the main things that I know. Of course, I'm not going to be able to cover everything, because I don't know all the different, you know, what's been taught. But the ones that I know are some of the big boogerboos of teaching about healing, okay? And I'm going to show you in the Bible uh, what, what Jesus has to say about that, okay? Because if we are not convinced in our hearts and in our minds, we don't receive. Remember, God said without faith, it's impossible to please him. And so that little niggling doubt, that little missing piece can keep us from walking in the fullness of all that God has for us, right? Okay, so we're going to open up in prayer, and we're going to jump right into it, okay? Father, I thank you so much for this opportunity to speak into the people's lives. And Papa, you know I do not take it lightly. And so Father, I, I invite you tonight, I ask you to work through me. I'm asking you, Holy Spirit, to take over my mouth, take over my thoughts, speak into the ears of the hearers. And I'm asking you to anoint the ears of the hearers and help them to receive what it is that you have for them tonight. And Papa, that if, there's a, if I touch on something tonight, that, that, that it, it applies to them. Help them to take it in and see it clearly. And I thank you and I praise you, Holy Spirit. Sir, without you, we can do nothing. And so we invite you. And you are the only spirit that we welcome here tonight. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Now, when I first came here, I came from the Baptist church. Y'all all know that. I've told you that many times, okay? And so when I was, uh, I had already been, I'd already been baptized in the spirit when I came here. I'd been listening to Andrew Womack. And so I was already hearing some stuff about healing. And I, I thoroughly believed, I believed it. I did. I believed it was for me. And every year, uh, right around this time of year, I would start to get sick with bronchitis. Over and over, this happened year after year. My husband will tell you it was like a regular thing. We were going to go to the doctor. We were going to go through two or three rounds of antibiotics and the cough syrup and the blah, blah, blah. And keeping him up all night and me too. Cough, cough, coughing. And if you've ever had it, it's quite miserable. You can't rest, therefore you don't get well. And this would go on over and over. Well, I came here and I'd heard about healing. And so that thing started trying to come on me. And I was very familiar with the symptoms. And I started standing against it. And I was speaking to it and saying, no, I'm, I, I won't receive that. But I was hung up on one little thing. And this is going to sound so silly to y'all, but hey, that's where I was. Okay. So I was like, okay, I know I'm supposed to stand against it, and I know that Jesus died for it, and it's not mine, and I'm supposed to receive that, right? But when it came to the receiving part, I was like, but how do I receive it? Now, here was my hang-up. If I hand you this, 
you reach out and take it, and you received it, right? Well, I couldn't see anything in front of me to receive. I couldn't see a, 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 a symptom that I was getting better. I couldn't see, uh, you know, something had stopped. And I'm like, well, how can I receive it when nothing's happening? I was stuck. It was one little piece. One little piece. And so I come in here, and Pastor didn't even know me then. <clears throat> I wasn't in the praise band. We were fairly new to the church, and we sat right about there. And Pastor come out of this door, and he, he, we hadn't started. We weren't, we, the music hadn't even started yet. He walked out the door, saw me, did this, turned right back around, looked at me. He said, oh, no. Oh, no, we're not going to put up with that. And he comes back there, and he gets me out of the chair, and he says, now... He said, you understood that Jesus died for you, and you understood that healing is yours. What you didn't understand was the receiving. I was like, exactly. <laughs> and so he had, me, he had me lift up my hands and say, I receive it. I receive it. And in that moment, it clicked for me. Oh, yeah, dummy, like you receive your salvation. You know, <laughs> you got to receive it by faith. But my point is simply this. That one little missing link was keeping me from walking and healing. Because that night, those symptoms were gone. I had to receive it before I could see anything to receive. I had to understand that little missing piece. You know what I'm saying? Sorry, I left you holding that, didn't I? <laughs> hey, I'm not an Indian giver. I give a gift, it's yours. <laughs> But just like me not understanding that one little piece, us not understanding, having those little niggling doubts or having those little teachings that we're not quite sure that they're not right. You know what I'm saying? And so tonight, y'all know me. You're going to get a lot of scripture. I will not apologize because <laughs> I believe it's necessary for you to see it with your own eyes. Okay, so we, we build our faith on the word, and there's going to be a lot of word tonight. So I hope that you came in receiver mode, because I've got a deposit to make into your spiritual piggy banks tonight. Okay, all right, amen. So let's jump right in. One of the first ones I want to talk about, and this is a big booger boo, is that God uses sickness or puts sickness on us to teach us something. Now, this one is prevalent. They used it in the Baptist church. I hear other people touting it all the time. Well, I got sick. God gave me this to teach me something. Okay. Well, we're going to find out about that. We're going to find out about that right now. Let's just get right into it. But first, we're going to start with John 5. Have you had time to get those in back there? Great. John 5. And verse 19 through 22. Actually, I'm going to cheat and read it. Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the Father do. For whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself does, and he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. So now the first thing I want you to understand is that anything that we see Jesus doing, anything we read, you know, whatever it was that he was doing, he says he saw the Father doing it. So basically any, any attribute we see in Jesus is an attribute of God, correct? Because he did nothing that he didn't see his Father. So let's go to Matthew 4. And, verse, and there's, you're just going to camp in Matthew for just a few minutes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to load you up right here because you have to see this. Matthew 4, 23 through 24. And Jesus went about all Galilee teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Then his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments, and those who were demon-possessed, epileptics, and paralytics, and he healed them. Let's, let's drop down to, uh, let's go to chapter 8, verse 1 through 3. When he had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him, and behold, a leper came and worshipped him and said, Lord, listen, 
if you are willing, you can make me clean. Now, what does Jesus say? Then Jesus put out his hand and touched him and said, I am willing. Lord, if you are willing, I am willing. Be cleansed. Immediately, his leprosy was cleansed. Let's, chop, let's drop down to 13 through, through 17. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go your way, and as you have believed, as you have believed, so let it be done for you. And his servant was healed that same hour. Now, when Jesus had come into Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother lying sick with a fever. So he touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she arose and served them. And when evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with the word and healed how many? All. All who were sick. Okay? All right. Next verse. 17. Oh, this thing won't stay on my ear, y'all. Then behold, they brought to him a paralytic. Oh, 17. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah, the prophet. I want you to pay attention to that because that's going to be important in a minute. He himself took our infirmities and bore our sickness. Now let's look at Matthew uh, 9, 2 through 8. It says, Then behold, they brought to him a paralytic lying on a bed. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic son, Be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven you. And at once some of the scribes said within themselves, This man blasphemes. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? How did we get to this one? Let's see. Am I on the right one? Around 2 through 8. Okay, for which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, arise and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins, then he said to the paralytic, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. And he arose and departed to his house. Now, when the multitude saw it, they marveled and glorified God, who had given such power to men. All right, now... Let's skip down to, I want you to notice something there. We've seen all kinds of diseases here. We've seen a paralytic. We've seen a fever. We've seen a withered hand. We've seen all kinds of various diseases. And I want to ask you a question. At any point so far, have you seen Jesus say, oh, I'm sorry, I can't heal you because God's teaching you something. Your lesson's not done. Haven't seen that yet, have we? Nope, haven't seen it. Okay, let's look at 9, 20 through 25. And suddenly a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years came from behind and touched the hem of his garment. For she said to herself, If only I may touch his garment, I shall be made well. But Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, Be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well from that hour. Amen? And when Jesus came into the ruler's house and saw the flute players and the noisy crowd wailing, this is where somebody's dead, he said to them, make room for the girl is not dead but sleeping. And they ridiculed him. But when the crowd was put outside, he went in and took her by the hand and the girl arose. Okay, so now we've seen somebody dead. Amen? Okay, let's go to 928 through through 30. What's impossible for God? Okay. And when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said to him, now we got a blind person, do you believe that I am able to do this? And they said to him, yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, according to your faith, let it be to you. And their eyes were opened, and Jesus sternly warned them, saying, see that no one knows it. All right, let's drop down to 32 and 33. As they went out, behold, they brought unto him a man mute and demon-possessed. And when the demon was cast out, the mute spoke, and the multitudes marveled, saying, It was never seen like this in Israel. Which one of these cases was too hard for Jesus? Oh, okay, that's what I thought. (laughs) And when the demon was cast out, the mute spoke. Oh, we already read that. Okay. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and 
every disease among the people. Now let's go to Matthew. I'm really loading you up because I want you to see this is one book and a couple of chapters. One book and a couple of chapters. We could do this all night long, but I'm really making a point. I, I, I really want you to see this, okay? I want you to just really get a hold of this. Let's look at Matthew uh, 10, 1. And when he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. Okay, let's go to 10, 7 through 8. And as you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Let's go to Matthew 12, verse 13. Then he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out, and it was restored as whole as the other. Let's go to 15. But when Jesus knew it, he withdrew from there, and great multitudes followed him. Great multitudes. And he healed how many? All. All. Let's look at uh, Matthew 14, 3. Then one was brought to him. Oh, Let's see. Am I on the right one? 14, 3. For Herod had laid hold of John and bound him. And put him in prison. No, this is not the one I wanted. Sorry, I gave you the wrong thing there. That's okay. That's good enough. Huh? No, it's all right. I think I've made the point. (laughs) I think I've given them enough here. What I wanted you to see there was that there was nowhere in all of that, in all those people. Now, there was great multitudes. Over and over we read that, didn't we? Great multitudes. And he healed how, how many of them? Now, let me ask you something. What did Jesus say? You remember when he was casting out the demon? And they said, oh, he casts out that demon by by the devil. And he said, what did he say? He said, a house divided against itself cannot stand. It cannot stand. So now, if he had gone around healing all of these people who God had put sickness on to teach them something, it would be a house divided, wouldn't it? And it would not be able to stand. And not only that, Jesus was sinless. But if he had not obeyed his father, would he be sinless? No, he wouldn't. And so he went about healing all, but there was something I wanted you to see in all of that. I I paused on it over and over. He said, according to your faith, your faith. And so that's what I'm endeavoring to do tonight is to help us with that little piece because those little missing pieces, those little things we don't understand mess up our faith. They mess up our faith. And this is one of them. The teaching that God is trying to teach me something through my sickness. Pastor Lisa, we're so glad you came. (laughs) Woo, our pastor's back. Amen. Now, I lost my train of thought. (laughs) Your faith. Your faith has made you whole. Your faith. And so we have to figure out where are the little pieces where I don't understand. These teachings come about, this kind of teaching, especially this one. I'm going to tell you how that happens. We see stuff in the Bible and we know we're supposed to look like that, but we don't understand. And so we try what we think is right, okay? Uh, And then it doesn't work and we have to come up with some sort of doctrine to explain why, why the Bible's not working for us, right? And so a lot of people, they've not understood the the whole healing business. And so they pray to the best of their abilities, uh, what they know, and and then they don't get healed. And so they decide, well, God's teaching me something. Well, listen, God will take everything and teach you something out of it, okay? But he's not the one putting it on you. Remember he said that what the enemy meant for destruction... Who meant it for destruction? The enemy meant it for destruction. I will turn to your good. Okay? So, we have to understand that Jesus wanted us well. He said that, right? I mean, I'm going to ask you something. As a parent, you have a kid that's, you know, stubborn, rebellious. And you tell them over and over, I've told you, not to go in the road. You, 
you can get hurt in the road. Don't play in the road. And then one day that kid just will not listen to you. So you go out and get in your car and run over your child. <laughs> and put them in the hospital and say, now you'll learn the lesson not to walk in the road. I had to do that to teach you that lesson. How many of y'all would do that? No, but we accuse God of things like cancer. Where, you know, leukemia, things where they end up maimed and hurt and sick and broke. Cancer, where they get parts of their body amputated. Listen, we accuse God and then we'll say, well, God did that to teach them, to keep them humble. If people did that, we'd put you in jail. <laughs> and what we're basically saying is that we're a better parent than God. Mm, yeah, we got to rethink that one, folks. We just got to rethink that. So I hope that we can just, I, I hope I have just shown you that it is God's will for all to be well, okay? All right? Now, what's, what's, what's another one? There are churches that say, yes, Teresa, Jesus did that, but uh, he did that to show his deity while he was on earth. In other words, they had to know that he was God. And so the reason that he was healing people was to show them that he was God. Well, it did show them that he was God. But was that the only reason that he did it? Well, how do I know that? Well, Jesus himself tells you something really important. Let's go look at Luke 13, 32. <clears throat> He said to them, now this is where the disciples have come to him and they said, hey, you know, Herod's looking for you or whatever. And so he's answering to Herod about Herod. And he's, he said to him, he said, go tell that fox, behold, I cast out demons and listen, perform cures today and tomorrow and the third day I shall be perfected. What's he talking about there? He's talking about going to the cross and being resurrected. And he says, behold, I perform cures. In other words, my point is simply this. And he says, and it'll be perfected. So he was walking on earth healing. And that he tells you that it's going to be perfected when he goes to the cross. Yes. Yes. He was giving you a demonstration of what he came to do. Right? He says, it's going to be perfect when I go to the cross. As a matter of fact, we all know we've been taught that the word salvation, sozo, means complete wholeness, wellness, nothing missing, nothing broken. Right? That's what it means. So it was a part of your salvation experience. The truth is, is that healing has already been bought for everybody. You already own it. When you accepted Jesus, it came into your life. He already paid the price. He already legally gave it to you. And so when sickness comes, it's actually illegal. It's illegal. Let's look at 1 Peter 2, 24. And we're all, we're all pretty familiar with this one. But we're going to look at it anyway. Because like I said, I'm not going to apologize for making you all look at the Bible. <laughs> it's just, it's what we do. Okay? Okay. Uh, it says, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. Dot, you are going to be healed. You were. Past tense. Right? Where did sickness come from? The curse. The curse, right. If we go back to Deuteronomy 2, uh, 28, uh, we, we can see that all sickness is listed there. It lists some sickness and then it says everything that wasn't even written here, all sickness. It came with the curse. But what does Galatians 3.13 tell us? Jesus has redeemed us from the curse of the law. You throw that up there, uh, um, Megan. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. So, that means anything that's listed in that curse, I am not supposed to have that. It, it, it's good for you to go back and look at the curse, read it, so that you can understand anything I see here that tries to operate in my life shouldn't be in my life, whatever it is. 
because Jesus has already paid the penalty. He's already paid the penalty. It was the penalty for sin. Sickness was a penalty for sin. Okay? All right. Now, as a matter of fact, he told us in 3 John 1, 2, throw that up there, that he wishes above all things. Look at this. It says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper and be in, well, it's, where's, yeah, prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Now, your soul is where your mind, will, and emotions is at. Right? And so tonight, we're prospering your soul. We're putting some information into your mind. Because we have to get our minds and our emotions and our will. we got to line up with what God says about it. If we want to walk in it. Right? We want to walk in that. Okay. So, if God's wishing for this, and he's paid for the curse. Okay? And he's wanting it. Then, then, here's, then, then the only thing stopping it is who? It's us. It's us. It's us. We don't understand. We don't have the faith. We, you know, we're... We're missing some links or, and there's a lot of things that can come into this, but I'm trying to touch on the big ones that I know of tonight, okay? Now, some people will say this, yes, but Teresa, I was taught that Jesus did all this while he was on earth, but it was all, now it's all emotional and spiritual healing. Okay, well, let's find out if that's true. We're, we'll find out, let's see. All right, because he demonstrated something, and the Bible tells us something quite different. Let's go to Matthew 8. We were there a minute ago, and I'm, we're going to go back to that. Matthew 8, 13 through 17. And it says, Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go your way, and as you have believed, so let it be done for you. And his servant was healed that same hour. Now, when Jesus had come into Peter's house, he saw that his wife's mother was lying sick with a fever. So he touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she arose and served them. And when evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with the word and healed all who were sick. Was Jesus healing emotionally or spiritually or physically? Okay, and then what does this next verse say? It said that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah, the prophet, saying, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. So when he fulfilled the prophecy, talking about him, he was physically healing people. I, I don't see a story there. Now, maybe y'all have seen a story there where he's sitting and psychoanalyzing somebody, you know. I've never seen it. <laughs> oh, you poor thing. Let's talk about you know what? It's probably because your mama wouldn't let you watch cartoons. <laughs> but it's okay. You go home and watch some cartoons and pray, and, we'll be, and it'll be all right. You know, he, he, he wasn't psychoanalyzing them. He was healing them physically. Now, does he heal us emotionally and spiritually? Yes. Yes, he does. But my point is simply that that's not all that he came to do, because that's, that's one of the teachings that they will teach you. Um, but your Bible says differently. And so who are we going to believe? Yeah, that's right. Okay. Now, here's another one. First of all, let me say this. We all know that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So whatever he's done in that Bible, he's still doing it right? He doesn't change. He didn't change because, you know, we got a different culture. He didn't change because now we've got doctors and so we don't need it. And he didn't change because now we have the written word, which is all things that people will say. Baptist church would teach that once the word came, uh, you know, then we didn't need all the miracles and stuff. And I'm thinking, man, we need it more than ever. Now, are you kidding? You know, uh, I, I asked a preacher one time, I said, you know, I was a Baptist preacher. I made him very uncomfortable with me. <laughs> I had a habit of asking him these questions that he was just like, go away, girl. Just go away. <clears throat> but I asked him, I said, you know, I see this stuff in the Bible. We're supposed to be healing the sick and raising the dead. And I just, I've never seen anybody doing any of this. Why, why isn't that? And he's like, well, um, well, um, well, you know, I suppose it's just because we have so much more sin in the world. 
I'm standing there thinking about that. I'm like, that's a pitiful answer. And he says out of his mouth, he said, I guess that's not a very good answer. I said, no, it isn't. And walked away. <laughs> I'm like, no, you're right. That's a terrible answer. There's just a, there was just as much sin in the world back then. Uh, you know, read your Bible. There was all kinds of sin. And the Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. But, but this is another case where when we don't understand, we have to make up something. Instead of saying, you know what? I don't know. We come up with some doctrine or some philosophy or theology or whatever to cover our inadequacy. And we make a teaching out of it. And good people are hung up and stuck because they sit in the pews and they accept that and they never question. And that's a shame. Because then I hope y'all were here when, when Shirley, I hope most of y'all were here last week. <clears throat> All right, so these are some of the big teachings. What are some of the things that are stopping us from receiving when we do know these? What happens here? Why aren't we receiving it? Well, first of all, Hosea 4, 6 says, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. A lack of knowledge. So hopefully tonight we're taking care of some of that, right? So we have to know these things. But then here's a big one. Here's a big one. Unbelief. And I'm going to dig into this just a few minutes because I, I, it's not quite what you, I don't think it's quite what we think. Let's look at Matthew 17, 15 through 21. And it says, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an, <clears throat> an epileptic and suffers severely. For he often falls into the fire and often into the, into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Now let me pause right here. This gets people messed up. They see this kind goes out by, not by, but by prayer and fasting, and they think we're talking about demons. But that's not what the subject was there. It was unbelief. It does, does it make any sense to you that Jesus died and went to hell and defeated all the demons and made a show out of all the demons and, and it says that every knee shall bow to his, everyone has to bow to his name, but except some, you have to add your work to it. Some don't have to bow their knee, you have to go home and fast to pray about it. No, he's talking about unbelief. Some unbelief doesn't go out except by prayer and fasting. What kind of unbelief? The kind that comes from your five senses. You see, we have a problem. We, we, we get, we've got two doctors. we got two doctors here. we got Dr. Mann, who gives me the report. Nothing wrong with doctors. I'm not against them. You know? But, but he's not the final say. And so we go, and, and I've got a feeling in my body. I've got a pain. I've got a symptom. I can see that something is there and that there's a problem. And I go to the doctor and the doctor says, you know what, you've got such and such kumbi kumbi disease and, you know, we're going to have to do this and that and the other thing and maybe you'll get cured and maybe you'll die. And then we come to church and somebody gets up and says, you know, uh, Jesus still, he still heals kumbi kumbi disease and you could come on up here and get healed, right? But we've got two reports going on. We've got Dr. Man and we've got Dr. Jesus. Now, Dr. Jesus, he's the one who built this whole thing. It's by his word, everything exists. He was the word, right? Okay? And so, what we have to choose. We have to choose, what am I going to believe? Am I going to believe my five senses that say, man, I'm hurting, and I've got this symptom, and the symptom's still there, and I said the word, and the symptom's still there, and so possibly this isn't working. This is what happens. So I have to go back to Dr. Mann and get some more medicine. And then I come back to church and I say, I sure hope Jesus heals me. Mm -hmm. 
Now we get into hope. You know, we're no longer really believing that it's Jesus. It's got to be Jesus and the med. You know, now don't understand me. Don't anybody go out of here and say, well, we can't go to the doctor and get it. But what I am telling you is that you've got to decide. You've got to decide to believe the report of Jesus above anything that your doctor. If your doctor can help you, praise the Lord. But if your doctor says, I can't help you, you still have Dr. Jesus and don't you give up. That's my point. My point is you stand on the word. And even when Dr. Man helps you understand it was Jesus. Because Dr. Man can assist in healing, he cannot heal you. He cannot heal you. All healing comes from God. All healing comes from him. Amen. And so what are we going to do? Because, you know, um, our five senses, that's what happened here. Were these disciples walking with Jesus before this incident? Had they seen him do miracles? Had they heard him tell them to do miracles and they had done miracles? Yeah. So what happened? Well, it tells you if you pay attention. When they saw When they saw him being torn and thrown on the ground, they were moved by what they saw. So they had belief, they had faith, and yet they had unbelief. They're two different things. They believed Jesus. They believed it. They'd been doing it. But unbelief came in and messed up their faith, the unbelief that comes through the five senses. And so now that's a problem to us because, hey, we got these five senses and we do feel pain and we do see things and we do hear reports and, and, and that's fact. It's fact. But truth trumps fact. And facts change all the time. I mean, I may get up today and the Dow's up and that's a fact. And I get up tomorrow and the Dow's down and that's a fact. Right? But truth stays the same always. Truth is absolute. Facts, facts are all over the place. Facts are according to circumstances. Facts can change every day. They're still facts. They're, they're, they're real. They're there. Okay? But, the, but, but truth, truth trumps that. And so then you say, well, how do I overcome that, Teresa? Well, he told you. Prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. Now, I want to talk about that for a minute. This is something really... Uh, what kind of prayer? What does Jude one twenty tell us? Beloved, build yourself up on your most holy faith because of your lack of unbelief. Where am I going to get my faith? I'm going to spend some time praying in tongues. I'm going to build up the spirit man on the inside of me. Build yourself up means to charge yourself up like a battery. Charge yourself up. Now, what is the point of fasting? Am I twisting God's arm? Nope. The fasting is all about you. Did you know that? It's all about you taking a a position of flesh. I will not be dominated by you. I will not listen to what you have to say about this situation. It's an ultimate consecration to God. It's a saying to God, look, I I, I have you. I need you. I want you above even the very food for my life. That's really what it is. And you discipline your flesh by doing it. That's what it is. You teach your flesh. You don't rule here. Spirit rules here. My spirit rules here. The spirit. And, and so there is a way for us to break that. So when you find yourself and you just cannot, you can't get past the facts, you know, and you're having a hard time believing, what are you going to do? Well, the Bible tells us to go fast and pray. Go spend some time. Go spend some time praying, fasting, seeking God's face. Okay, you can overcome it. But you can have faith and have unbelief at the same time. It's right there. They just showed that to you. So that's one of the big ones right there that gets us messed up, right? Okay. The next thing is just not understanding who we are. We don't understand what's, who we are in, in Jesus. And, and, you know, Shirley taught on this. And I'm, I'm going to get to that in just a minute. But we don't understand who we are. We got to know who we are. And of course, I don't have time. That's a whole teaching within itself, but I'm just going to take you to one really uh, straightforward verse. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 12 27. 1 Corinthians 12 27. Now, you are the body of Christ and members individually. Okay. Now, let's go look at 1 John 4 17. 
Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. Let me ask you something. I'm the body of Christ, and my Bible tells me that I am just like him right now, where? On the earth. Right here in this earth, right? How many of y'all think Jesus is in heaven with the flu? Let me see your hand. Oh, I didn't think so. How about cancer? Is he in heaven with cancer? No, of course not. Then why do we think we should be here with it? Right? We got to know who we are. We got to know that we're the body of Christ, that, that we, this isn't ours. We don't have to take it. It's not ours, okay? We got to stand against it. Now, don't misunderstand me. It will come against you because there's an enemy in the world. You know, this is another thing that gets people hung up, and this isn't even in my notes, but I'll just go here for a minute. People get hung up. They're like, well, if it's not mine and God don't want me to have it, then why do I have to deal with this? Well, there's still an enemy in the world. He's not been thrown into the bottomless pit and chained yet. He's still roaming around like a lion, seeing whom he can devour. But notice he has to find out who he can devour. He can't just randomly devour. He has to find out who he can. Meaning you have the power to not let him. Amen? Okay, so we got to know who we are. And then the next thing that we have to know, and, and Shirley taught on this, and, and listen, God orchestrated this because I already had this message together. And I was like, oh, because when I was putting this together, I'm like, this one needs such a big teaching, and I'm not going to have time to do all this. And then Shirley came in, and she taught about the love, and I'm like, oh, you are so good, Holy Spirit. You are so good. She just set this up great for me. You got to know you're loved. You got to know you're loved. Ephesians tells us that uh, when we understand the width, the depth, the height, the length of the love of Jesus Christ, then we're going to be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, sometimes we poo poo the whole Jesus loves me message. And I understand what we're really talking about is greasy grace. What we're poo-pooing is the idea that you can just, oh, Jesus loves me, I can be any way and do anything and act any way and it'll all be okay. That's not what your Bible says, okay? But the Bible says that when we understand the love, then we're going to be filled with the fullness. It's kind of like we can't throw out the baby with the bathwater here. We're going to have to make a distinction between teaching love and teaching, you know, greasy grace. You can do anything you want to do. You know, nobody's saying that. But I've got to know the love. I've got to know the love. And let's look at this. So I picked one verse that I thought, you know what? This one goes directly to the heart of it. To me, it does. It just goes right directly to the heart of it. Let's look at John 17, 23. Are y'all still with me? Okay. It says, I and them and you and me, this is Jesus praying, that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that you have sent me, and listen to this, and have loved them as you have loved me. So that the world can know that you love them as you have loved me. In other words, God loves you every bit as much as he does Jesus. How many of y'all think that God is, it makes really good deals? Like he's really, he's smart and he would never make a deal? Do you know he would have never sacrificed Jesus for you unless you were worth as much to him? He loved you as much as he loved Jesus, which was himself. I mean, let's boil it right down. He would not have made that sacrifice. He would not have given Jesus for you unless you were worth every bit as much to him. Because he's not in the art of, he's not into making bad deals. <laughs> right? And if you were worth one penny less, then he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have, nope, he wouldn't have. If we can ever get a hold of this, if we could, if we could really know that love, we would come with such confidence and such, oh, we would, we would know my, my, mm-mm. My daddy loves me. My savior, he loves me. 
Amen. And Shirley, I hope y'all were here because she really brought that last week and I was so, I was like, woohoo, I love you, Jesus. You're so good. Because when I was putting this together, I'm like, you know, they really need, we need to camp on that, but I'm not going to have time. I'm just not going to have time. Okay. The next thing that can keep us stuck is a guilty conscience, a lifestyle of sin, right? The Bible says that to whomever you yield yourself to that one, you're their servant, right? And so we sit in the pulpit and pastor gets up and says, hey, you know, um, we're going to pray for you to get healed, but your guilty conscience says, mm, okay, well, you know, I've been doing this, that, and the other thing. And you may come up and get in the line, but in the back of your head, you're like, uh, you know, I did this, that, and the other thing, right? Well, let's look at that. Let's go there. Let's go to uh, wait a minute, where's my verse? Let's look at first John three, twenty through twenty three. So we were in the Gospel of John, let's go over to first John. Well, I'm just gonna read it because it's easier. I can cheat. All right. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, here it is. Listen, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence towards God, okay? And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. So the first thing we have to see here is that living that lifestyle of sin will give you that guilty conscience, right? And it, it'll keep you from having good faith. He just told you that. We don't have any, you just, you won't have the faith necessary. So what do I do about that? Well, that's easy. First John 1, 9. If you are faithful and just to, to confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you, right? So, first thing we do is if we know we've been doing something that we hadn't ought to be doing, then we just go ahead and confess it. But, I'm, but now, but now, I'm going to show you something and I want you to pay attention to me. Pay attention. First of all, let me say this. I do not advocate a lifestyle of sin. Jesus didn't set us free for that, right? He, he set us free from sin, not to be in sin. But I want you to see something right here. We're going to make a contrast. Let's go to John 5, 14. Afterward, Jesus, this is where Jesus had healed the 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 blind man, and it says, Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you have been made well. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. And we see that all through, where he said, Okay, I've made you well. Now sin no more. Sin no more, okay? But now I want you to go see John 9, 1 through 3. It says, Now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus answered, saying, Neither this man nor his, his parents, but that the works of God should be revealed in him, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. And so he heals him. Now I want you to see the contrast there. One man had sinned, one man had been born. Why, why did that happen? Well, the curse does still operate in the earth, okay? And even if somebody didn't sin directly, things have been perverted by that curse, and people can be born with birth defects. And, and so first thing we need to know is not everybody's in sin who has a sickness, okay? But I want you to see something. Jesus healed them both. And he healed the man apparently while he was still sinning because he said, now you go and sin no more. What's my point? Suppose you're sitting there and you know that you, you, maybe you have some disease that you got from sin, like liver disease from drinking or, you know, lung cancer from smoking or AIDS from promiscuity or, uh, you know, whatever. And you think that you're disqualified because after all, you deserved it. That's how the thinking goes, right? But Jesus didn't make that distinction. Why? Well, we saw it over and over. We've heard it and we've seen it. It's a penalty for sin. And when you've accepted Jesus, the penalty's been paid. So you don't owe the penalty. 
You don't owe it. Now, did I say go and keep, did Jesus say, okay, but you can just continue to live like you want to? No, he said don't do it anymore because a worse thing can come on you. But he never said you can't be healed because you've done this. He never said that to anybody. He healed them anyway. So he healed those who had not sinned and he healed all those who had sinned. And so we have to leave the, the, the whole guilty conscious and the I did this and I did that and whatever. We got to leave that at the cross. Amen. Right? Amen. Now, I'm not advocating a lifestyle of sin. Let me be sure and make that known. Okay? <laughs> all right. And then the next thing is they'll say, yes, Teresa, all that worked. But they were unbelievers. It worked because they were unbelievers, and so God had special mercy on them. Jesus did these things with the unbelievers. We're believers, so it doesn't work that way. Oh, okay, well, let's find out. Let's go to James 5, 14 through 16. Let's find out if that's true. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And look, and if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Because healing is part of the package. The same thing that forgave your sins. Jesus. And so he's saying right there, that applies in the church too. So what does that mean? Well, if I've done something after, because I've heard this one. Well, that's true for people who didn't know the Lord. And then they came to him and he was merciful and he forgave them. But I knew the Lord and I did this thing and now I'm sick. And, and so now it doesn't apply. But your Bible says different. And that's the danger of sitting and just accepting anything that's fed to you without ever reading your Bible. Because those people end up dying you know, it, it's, really, it's really sad. We, Jerry and I, we, I, at the church we were at before, we had a lady there, Maria, and she was this really vibrant lady. She, she was a real estate person, commercial real estate. She always, you know, she was just a real lively lady. She was always pretty. She would come to church, had her hair all done and her makeup, and she, and she was a friendly person, and, and she'd had a car wreck, and she had a problem in her back, and she went to get a surgery for that, and they discovered she had cancer, okay? And so, being in the Baptist church, the pastor there at that time dared to believe this one, and he thought, and everybody was, they were like, well, we don't really believe in healing. We're not sure about that. So he called her up and had the, what they called the elders, the deacons, come up and, and pray for her and anoint her for oil with oil, the basically the only person really believing it was the pastor. <laughs> and the elders were like, well, we didn't, we're not sure about the whole healing thing that Jesus is going to heal, blah, 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 you know, and blah, blah. So he was the only one. So, make a long story short, she goes and, and she gets a surgery on her brain because this thing had traveled, or no, she, she has a mastectomy, that's what it was. And then the thing has traveled and gone to her brain. And so they call her up and they pray again. And then this one time on the brain thing, we prayed for her and continued to pray for her. And on the one occasion, they went back and couldn't find the tumor. And we were all so excited. We were like, wow. But now we were praying like Baptists. Lord, if it's your will, if you could just heal her. We're asking you to intervene and heal her, heal Maria and, and make her whole and blah, blah, blah. And we were all excited about that. And then it came back. And guess what happened? Everybody said, well, it must be the Lord's will. It must not be the Lord's will to heal her. And so, that lady, we were all excited that she got a partial healing. She ended up in a wheelchair, living for several years in this crippled state, constantly going back to the doctor for this thing and that thing, medications causing her all kinds of problems, strokes, and she lived like that for years. And I'm going to ask you something. Do you think that she was blessed or learned anything great? No, she wasn't. She suffered. And her husband suffered. Their finances were, were, were destroyed. They lost all kinds of stuff. He had to quit his work because who was going to take care of her? She needed constant care. Uh, my point is this. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy if it's killing, stealing, and destroying you, it is not from God. Jesus said he came to give us life 
and life more abundantly. Okay? So, what a terrible thing. A bunch of clueless Christians sitting around, and I was one of them, you know? Clueless. Reading my Bible, seeing it shouldn't be like that, but having no idea why it was like that, and, and telling myself stuff like this. Well, you know, the pastor went to seminary, and he says, blah, blah, blah. Maybe he just understands something I don't. And then one day, finally, I come across Andrew Womack, and I say, you know what? I understand the English language, and I can read the Bible. I'm not stupid, and I can see right there with my eyes. Now, I may not understand why I'm not walking in it, but I can see it with my own eyes, and I understand the English language, okay? So, the pastor is not that much smarter than me that I should not believe this Bible, right? You know what I'm saying? Finally, God had to just, like, shake me and be like, duh, but we sit in our pews and we don't know and we don't ask and we don't, we don't search it out and we don't, we don't. Look, if you've got stuff like that and somebody, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you something. Just like that morning I told you about when I first came here and pastor came out. And if you will seek God, he will make sure you get the answers you need. When I don't understand something, I just pray. I'll say, Father, I've got this piece and this piece and this piece, but something's missing. And sometimes I don't even know what. I don't know what. Because you don't know what you don't know, like Pastor says. And I need him to show me. And I'll say, oh, you know, Papa, I just, I don't understand. I, you know, you say this, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to move this way, and I, but I, I... And you know what will happen? Pastor, or Pastor Lisa, or myself, or Shirley, or Pastor Josh, or somebody... God will put it in their heart to get up and say exactly what you need to hear. Even if they're not even talking about that that day. I can tell you many times, pastor be up here. It it happened a lot in the beginning because I was new to it all and I was so excited and I wanted to understand and I'd be at home being like, oh, I just, you know, I I need to know this. And pastor would come in and he'd be talking about one thing and he'd take off on a rabbit trail and he'd say, I have no idea why I'm talking about that. Let us get back to it. And I'd be sitting in the seat going, I do. I know why you're talking about that (laughs) for me, you know. So you can pull on it. And listen, if you'll get truly hungry to understand something, God will meet you there. He'll be happy to give that to you. Amen? Okay, let's look at Psalm 107.20. And we're going to wrap up with this. It says, he sent his word and healed them And delivered them from their destructions. He sent his word and healed them. And delivered them from their destructions. Who's the word? Jesus. Jesus Jesus is the word. Says he sent his word and healed them. Past tense. So healing is a person. And we call that person Lord. Lord. And the meaning of Lord is, I'm your subject, and whatever you say goes. And so my question for you tonight is, will you let healing reign? Because it needs to reign in your life. Amen? Amen. Have I answered anybody's questions here tonight? Have I touched on anything that y'all... Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, well, it's running a little late. Um, is there anybody in here that you got sickness in your body right now? No. That you, nope, everybody's good? Okay, all right. I'm going to have, um, Nikki, if y'all come up and just play for just a minute. We're not going to carry this on long. But if you're out here tonight and, and, and you know you've got something that you've been dealing with, it is true that you carry the anointing within yourself. Okay, and you you can do this at home, but sometimes it helps us to hook our faith up with somebody else, right? It just helps us sometimes, and so I'm going to have Nikki and them just sing for just a few minutes, and if you want to come up and be prayed for, then by all means, do come up here, and if you want to just leave and you're, you're done and you want to go, that's fine, you can go, okay, and I thank you all for coming. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events, 
we also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big give now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.